Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live.
when I think of all you made, the sun, the moon, and the stars, so brave and high enough to express how great you are. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve.
to 32. Amen. We want to look again at Genesis chapter 32, verse number 22. There you'll find these words from your hearing, according to the King James text. It reads, And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the four Javon. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent them over that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled with the man until the break of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let us go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless him. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For the prince, thou hast power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Mm-hmm. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And he passed over the new the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinos of the of the shrink, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh yes. and the sinews that shrank. Just for a moment, I want to talk about hold on to the man. Hold on. To the man. My brothers and my sisters, there are plenty of things I've come to find out in my life that we refuse to let go of. We have a pack rat mentality. It has no value to us, but we yet continue to hold on to it. Some may be holding on to things because it has great value to you and maybe to you alone. An old watch, a piece of jewelry that your mother or your grandmother gave you and you choose to call it an heirloom. But other folks say it's nothing more than trash. Generation after generation, we pass it on and we've had it appraised and have even when it said that they don't know what they're talking about. I know Big Mama said this was worth a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't tell you that she found it in the dirt and the sand of Mississippi. Yeah. And just because it was sparkling, mm-hmm. it looked like it had bow. Yeah, yeah. We hold on to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We hold on actually to sometimes those who have reached a certain age of accountability. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You're quiet. Yeah. <laughs> They, we are still giving them allowance like they're kids. And, amen. And, I'm not talking about nobody in here. 
they don't want to work. They want a job. We still calling them man man. We feel as though we got to take up the mantle and and we got to handle every piece and bit of their business as if we have not trained them and reared them and brought them up in the fear and the admonition of God and yet we're holding on to them no matter how much it hurts us. Mm, You're quiet in here. But then, 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 then there's some things that we're holding on that we've carried over into the latter rounds of our life. There's some hurts. There are some pains. There are some spiritual things that have actually come to wreck us almost and have us almost at a point where we are ready to leave here and destroy ourselves because we have not learned how to forgive nor even to forget. Some of us, we, 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 we've messed up some things that could have been a blessing to us in our lives, but because we're holding on to past hurts, we carry these things into the next relationship that we have. I'm not necessarily talking about spousal relationships or dating relationships. Sometimes we're carrying hurts and cannot even gain new friendships because we're carrying the hurts of prior prison. And I'm here to let you know that I'm not for throwing everything away, we got to hold on to something. Because I heard the little song, subtitle song, say, say, make new friends. But keep the old. One is silver, and the other is gold. Y'all ain't in the room with me. You know the song, don't you? But I'm here to let you know, too, that those things that you hold on to ought to be the very things that you use to help build you up, to make you stronger. You need to hold on to some folks that know how to speak blessings or get a prayer through unto the Almighty God. You need to hold on to some things and some folks that can help you to gain some finances in your pocket, some folks that can help sharpen your mind and your skills in life. You need to hold on to some folks that know how to get you to the next level of promotion on your job. We hold on to some stuff that ain't taking us nowhere and often keeps on pulling us down. We're not holding on sometimes to the right stuff. But according to actually, Pastor, uh, coming when we look at uh, the travels that we have gone through in our Christendom and the walk that we've had in our lives, that we'll come to find out that sometimes you got to give some folks their spiritual walking paper. Mm, you ain't in here. But there's, there's some folks that you got to release. You got to let go because come to find out that you'll see that it wasn't really them holding you back. Sometimes it was you holding them back. Ooh, they got a thing that's called an enabler. You know, every time somebody try to step out on their own, stand up and be a man or to act like they're a little grown, somebody always want to step in. Hold on, you know, you know what I got that. Hold on. You got to have some experiences. Or for yourself in order to have growth in your life because your mind would never be able to process. Your psyche will never be able to gain the Holy Spirit as it needs in its fullness unless you experience it for yourself. I can't start in the book of Genesis. 
Genesis, the book of beginning. Genesis, where, you know, God decided that he would create the world and the universe, where he did it by a process of speaking first things into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Then he said, let the light divide the darkness. He called the day when the light shined in the darkness when he hid his sunlight. But then the Lord, after he made the earth, he decided to play in the mud. You're quiet. The Bible said when he scooped down the dust of the ground and he formed the man and God played in the mud. I still ain't figured it out yet, Sister Cummins, why West Side Mud think they better than South Side Mud. South Side Mud, and I still reverend, think they better than North Side Mud. North Side Mud think they better than the few folks down by the lake on the east side by that mud. We got a problem, and the Bible clearly said he just played in the dirt. I submit to you today that God likes playing in the dirt. He, he, he's gotten his hands dirty. Amen. But God is the only one I know that can purify dirt. Ooh, I'm going to let that marinate in your spirit for a minute. Yeah, this book of Genesis is the book of beginning. When we take a look at this, we find that what God had done in the midst of his creation, man had failed from grace. They had lost their way somewhere along the line. And here it is that God, he saw man, amen, by the name of Abram. He, he told Abram, he said, get out of your father's house and to a place where I will show you. And it was from that point that Abram left his father's house while he was dwelling down in a place called Shinar. And he had to come up out of there amongst the, the Chaldeans and the people of Ur. And when he did this, he traveled on his way. When he got to a place called Ai, the Bible said he set up an altar to the Almighty God. It was right there in Ai that Abraham and God's relationship started to fortify. I need to let somebody in the room know that when you come into the knowledge of God, you don't want to keep the same relationship. You want the intimacy that comes from knowing that you are his child and he is your God. There ain't nothing you ought to not be able to ask him to do for you. And there ought to be nothing that you won't do. And his command, I wish somebody in the room would get this in their spirit. We have inverted the gospel and we have invited Jesus to follow us. Instead of us following Jesus, but when you come into an intimate relationship with the Almighty God, our discipleship is predicated on our fellowship, and then our fellowship means that God is in fellowship with our y'all ain't got to yet. You ain't in the room. I'm gonna fix you because I don't want you to leave in my kitchen. When you fall on bending knees, there ought to be an expectation. An expectation from your God. Am I the only? There ought to be an expectation from your God. Even when God says no, 
Yeah. Abraham. He went to AI and then now God starts to establish him in the land. What God does is he sets up right then, he tells Abraham, gather some material. Get the, get, get the bullocks together, get the wood together, get these things together. And right there, God, he does and offers up a sacrifice yeah. after he makes Abraham go sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You would think that this covenant relationship begins with God and Abraham making a covenant to one another. I need to submit to you, don't get that twisted, yeah. that the relationship and the covenant that was made was God to Abraham. Yeah. That's why he had Abraham to go to sleep. Don't miss that. There's no need in right in that point, putting no pressure on Abraham. But God makes a right there covenant with Abraham from him to Abraham, not Abraham at that point to him. Ah, you don't get it, do you? Let me fix you. Ain't no need in God putting you right in the moment in a position of where you're going to allow the back. Let God handle the covenant right there. He makes it clear. He said that you are mine. You my man. I got you. You're my woman. I got you. And many of us, you ain't got that yet. Just as sure as Jesus died on the cross, and you ain't even done nothing to earn it. You're in a covenant, an Abrahamic-type covenant with God. God's saying right there, I got you. But then later on, the only thing he asked for you, only believe. Tell your neighbor, only believe. Only only believe. So listen, now Abraham has this covenant relationship with God. He passes this on to his son Isaac. Isaac has two sons by the name of Jacob and Esau. These boys were twins. Their, their mama's name was Rebecca. And the Bible says that the Lord told her there are two nations that are at war within you, Rebecca. We see Jacob, who would later become Israel. He is the father of the children of Israel. Y'all know the folks that's over there right now, dwelling in the land that they call Israel right now. And those folks that are around about them all over the place, you've seen them, don't you? Some of them that are in Egypt, some of them Arabic brothers, and some of them are descendants of Esau and Ishmael. You ain't in the room with me. I came to let you know that two nations are still at war with each other, even almost 4,000 years later, they still can't get along. Yeah, the text was revealed to us. It says that, listen, there's something going on. That Jacob, his name, which means supplanter. Jacob is a trickster. Jacob is something else. Y'all know him, don't you? Smile in your face. All the while they want to take your place. Got some backstabbing in there. Come on. You, you remember the song, don't you? Amen. Some of us were singing it, and in that time in our life, that was us. Come on, you know you got some hate in you. <laughs> you ain't always been this saint of God that you are right now. You ain't been this pretty picture that you are right now. You had something on you back then. If you would be honest about it, come on. You saw that she ain't even cute. I take her man. Come on, be honest about it. Be honest about it. And look at him. He thinks he a player who gave him a Cadillac. He a punk ain't got no business in no Cadillac. You had some hate on you. Come on, can I be honest? Amen. Reverend Marshall's delivery ain't like everybody else. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that thing right there at you. Listen, look, 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 look. Jacob was just like that. Jacob knew the promise. He knew what what had been spoken in terms of what had happened with Abraham. 
that he knew that, and he knew that his father Jacob was next in line. He was the child of promise. You remember, don't you, that when Jacob, I mean, when Isaac had found himself in trouble, he was down there in the land where Abimelech and them were, and he ran off from there after they released him and told him that they could take your wife and get on out of here. But what happened was Isaac was a way old that time. And so if Isaac would dig wells, and during the time of drought, they would yield water. <laughs> you ain't understand it. Y'all don't know that. Don't you know that oftentimes that when other folks are in the midst of a dried up brook, God is still supplying your everything? Yeah. You just missed it. Come on, somebody wake up there for a minute. While other folks are going through what they're dealing with, right there, you're standing on the promise of God, and you're doing what the Lord does every time. So Isaac would dig a well. It says that here come Abimelech's men. They would take his well. He would have to go to another location. He would dig another well. They take his well because in the midst of drought, he was still yielding water and finding water in a dry place. All right, that's time for some of us right now, even in the midst of a storm that's taking place, that you're in the common place in your life. You ain't got all the money that you need and all that, but you ain't got all the frustration that the world got. I wish some Christians will recognize that where other folks, amen, all of them lonesome and by themselves on the day, you ain't even worried about it because even if you ain't got a Valentine's Day card, you got a God that's your Valentine every day. And that's what God does. God will give you a peace. Even in the midst of what everybody else considers to be chaos, you've got a call. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jacob saw this. He's seen the blessing and the promise, so he decides it's half of me to get that. Jacob ain't really pretty, pretty much got that thing wrapped tight, so Jacob thinks that it must be taken by trickery. Jacob thinks that he got to try and beguile them. Out of their blessings. But what I like about the text that when Jacob, he starts to explore this thing, God comes to him after he has messed up. Jacob decides that what he's going to do is trick his brother Esau, who was the firstborn, out of his birthright. So what he does is to try to trick him out of his birthright. He waits till Esau goes out hunting, come back in, he's exhausted, he's tired, he ain't got no energy left in him. And Jacob decides that what he would do is him and his mama working together. Can I talk to y'all about dysfunctional family just for a moment? It's a terrible indictment when mama got one of them and daddy got the, uh-uh. You know, I was, I was talking to somebody, you know that's you. You, you make it clear all the time when you're around your siblings. I'm mama's baby. I'm daddy's baby. You know that. You always say that. You always the one trying to get the closest up on the lazy head on their shoulders. Always trying to get them. Well, that's what was going on here. Jacob had mama and Esau had daddy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dysfunctional situation. Trickster decides that mama's going to help him. Mama decided that she would put the pockets together. They decided that they would shave and take some of the wool off of a lamb and they put it on Jacob. Esau was a big, berry looking fella. He was real husky and he was strong. He was a hunter. And, and Jacob, Jacob, he was a farmer and he would tend to, to the sheep and to the cattle and to the fields. And so when Esau 
Jesus came in, he was at a point where it says that he was starving, and the potters had them prepared. And so what happens is they feed him this after they get him to agree that he would give up his birthright for this. But Esau figured, I'll give him the birthright, but he won't get the promise. Y'all ain't in here with it. Tell your neighbor they won't get the promise. You'll be surprised what can happen. You'll be surprised. He figured that I'll give him the birthright, but he messed up. He took their potters. He put his feet under an enemy's table that looked like his mama's table, and he ate up the potters. And as soon as he was taken to the potters, Jacob was already in there working his plan. Daddy was blind, and his eyes was weak. He went into Isaac, and he sat by his bedside, and Isaac tells him, he said, you know what? You smell like Esau. He said, mm. you feel like Esau. He said, but you don't sound like Esau. But nonetheless, I go forth. He sees his daddy, and then he asked him, he said, he said, I need you to give me right there the promise. You don't understand this thing. It goes forth by the laying on of hands. This thing is called Raka. Raka is what we call a transference blessing. Some of y'all children in the room, you don't even know it. You were blocked out a long time ago. I heard David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Lord, they're seed-taking bread. Is there anybody in the room that knows that the blessing of transference, it can go forward when we obey God? So what happens is that Isaac, he laid the hands on him, and Jacob has now stolen it. And so when Esau comes to daddy, he finds out what Jacob has done. And he goes, Esau, as long as daddy lives, you live. Run for your life. Jacob runs to his uncle's house, Laban. What happens, though, before he gets there? Jacob has an encounter with a young lady by the name of Rachel. Finds out this is his cousin. He decides, I'll work to marry Rachel. But Uncle Laban, his name may not be Jacob. But Jacob needs to remember that him and his uncle, right about now, they cut from the same cloth. Oh, in the room with me. Let me talk to the brothers in the room. This, oh, brothers, raise your hand. Let me say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brothers, know. Come on, brothers, you know. <laughs> when you were walking to the barbecue or something like that, right? And you see the brother, yeah, yeah. He's he got the attention in the ear of some of the folks that are around about. Everybody's gathered around him like he's the man. And he see you walk in. And it ain't that you a threat, but he recognizes, you know, you give the proverbial head nod. Come on, somebody. Don't be quiet in here. He gives listen. It ain't even got no sound to it. Brother Greg, they just give it to one of you notice I'm here to let y'all know here. That's all that's saying. Sometimes it can mean game, recognize game. Do you know that, right? Come on. You work your side of the room. I got to. Don't get quiet on me. You remember, don't you? Some of y'all, while you're fighting, it wasn't that long ago. Amen. But you remember, don't you? You just gave the nod. But listen, I need to let somebody know. Listen, don't get nervous, Minister Bill. Don't get nervous. It's going to be all right. 
Jacob now is staying with his uncle, Laban, and I need to let y'all know that Laban sees him. Laban recognized him and game, recognized his game. I'm going to cut to the case and let you know that he gets his nephew. Oh, yeah, he got him. He got him off the start, but then from the start, he told me, he said, yeah, you worked seven years, and you can marry my daughter. He worked seven years, and he married him, and he said, okay, listen, you got to work seven more to get the other one, because I didn't tell you that I was going to give you the one you thought you was going to get. And so he gave him the other sister by the name of Leah. The book says that she was so on the eyes, some people have denoted it as being homeless.
He now grabs all his calves and breaks the towel. It's time to get out of here. The Lord tells him after him and Laban have some words. They make a pact between two thieves. May the Lord watch between me and thee. When we're absent, one from another. Amen. Y'all say it every week. Every other week. Some of us stopped saying it when we found out what it was. But I came to let you know it's not the words that they use. It's the spirit in which they use. Somebody going to get that in a minute. You, you don't get it twisted. Paul uses the words when he says, Then we live food and have our being. And we quote it as scripture, but it's a philosophical poem that comes from out of Greek mythology. Here we find that he's got to go home. The Lord said, Go home, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob, point one, must reconcile with his past. Yes. He has done someone wrong. He needs to get back to where he was. This supplanter, this trickster, he was actually afraid. Verse 3 through 7 deals with the fear factor that kicks in. And I'm here to let you know that he's got something to be afraid of. Don't get quiet on me now. Sometimes you don't understand. It's easier for some folks to go forth and try to run game on new folks. They go back to old folks and say, I'm sorry. You just missed a PowerPoint right there. Don't miss, can I go back and say on the board right there? It's harder for some people to go back and say they're sorry to the old people that they had done something to. Then they would rather move forward with their mess and their garbage instead of going back and saying they're sorry to folks that actually love it. Yeah. 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 Oh, Lord have mercy. You just missed that, didn't you? It's hard for you to go and tell your mama, I'm sorry, mama, I wronged you. It's hard for you to go tell your brother or your sister, I'm sorry, I wronged you. It's hard for us to go back and tell old friends and stuff like that, I'm sorry that I did you wrong. And I, I really love you. It's hard for us to do that. But we'll move forward. Well, and we'll sometimes even bring the lion dragon with us on how bad they did us. Yeah. 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 The text says, Pastor Cummins, that he, 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 he's afraid. He, he, he's been a schemer yeah. for a while now. And he needs to reconcile with his past. And can't you get it twisted? And I don't want you to do that. It, listen, he's scared because there's something wrong. When he gets back to where he is, he sends a messenger for And his messenger comes back with a word and says, your brother Esau is strong in the land. Yeah. Your, your brother Esau, he, 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 he's got hundreds of men at his command. Yeah. Esau has become a very, very, very big man in these parts. And now we find that fear kicks in. But can I tell you something? Don't get it twisted. The reconciliation that he has to reconcile with is not how he wronged Esau. He has to reconcile with how he did his dad. Uh, Let me talk to somebody in the room. Listen, because you missed that right there, I'm going to help you right now. Some of you ain't reconciled with God yet. And 
God just sent me on assignment this morning to take it. It's time to come on back home. And he is ready and willing to reconcile with you right now. He's there. A people. When the reconciliation is only going to be with I. <laughs> the text says, listen, listen, he's scared. But listen, not only he is scared, but he is my shout part that I like inside of the text of the covenant. Listen, listen, he goes into verse number nine, and he has the audacity, the unmitigated goal to stand there and remind God of his promise. Yes. You told me to go back <laughs> and look at this. You saw it strong in the land. I gotta go back and he reminds God of his promise. He decides to tell God. He said, You told me to go back and look at this. He said, I need to remind you. Look, I, I I'm doing what you said do. And this ain't looking real good right now. And can I tell you something before I get ready to go? Before I get ready to get out of here, because I see y'all nodding now. You're ready to go. But here, I'm going to drop this in your spirit before I go. Listen, it's all right to remind God of his promise as long as you keep on being obedient to God's Y'all ain't in the room. And listen, I'm here to let you know. I don't count it that Job, when he was going through his stuff, was complaining. I count it that Job was talking to his God and reminding his God of what he told him. And so when I look at this, my shout is in the fact that if he's still going to be obedient to what God says, ain't nothing wrong with reminding God, you promised, Lord. Have you ever been that in your life when things don't look like they're going right and you got to trust God when it don't look like you can praise God, but yet God wants you to go forward and be obedient? Yeah. Uh, he has to remind God. Oh, yeah. You told me to set up. Shop. You told me to find a place for the folks to work. You told me to get to 71st. There's a need at 71st Street. You told me to make sure that I preach the word in season. And out of peace. You told me you'll never leave me, nor forsake me. The text says, Jacob is shook up. He ordered his servant, get this together, frankincense and myrrh. Get all of these cattle, sheep and stuff like that. Take them to Esau. Me and my wife and children are going to hang around in the back. And then he slides off to the Ford J-Box, a little small body of water, and there he sleeps. But it said in the night, Uh verse 24, he wrestled with a man. Well, don't get it twisted. Mm -hmm. This ain't no ordinary man. This is the pre-incarnate 
Christ. He has to reconcile with his past. Where I'm coming, he reminds God of his promise. But then I tell you, he's wrestling with his future. He wrestles with his future. Everybody in the room has to have a Jesus experience. And unlike many of us, Jacob, with spiritual eyes, says, for some reason, I can't let you go. For some reason, I got to hold on to you a little while longer. Jacob says, tell me, tell me your name, and uh, then maybe uh, I consider letting you go. But then uh, he takes me back and says, I can't let you go until you bless me. And I came this afternoon to tell you what's the coming of all and all let go. Is there anybody in the room that had no chance of sitting well, 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 you got to be like Jacob, and you got to wait till the Lord shows up. And when he shows up, hold on, and don't let go. Is there anybody here that ever since you found your Jesus, you refuse to let go? You got an attitude and a spirit. Come with me, I won't let go, and I won't give up, and I won't give in. But even character, but I can't even tell you what I like about the sexism. Jacob holding on, and you won't let go of the man. The man strikes him on his hip to give him a reminder that I am with you always. You ain't in the room right now, but right now I came to tell you, I thank God for my lips on the day. Because it's a reminder that I call the real take care of me. Oh, I'm getting ready to go now, but before I go, I need to pull the room. Is there anybody here that wants to be like Jacob? You don't want to stay the same way, but the Bible says it. That the man told him, you're no longer Jacob, but now you're Israel. What does that mean? That all the demons, you found favor with God and with men. What does that mean? 
saying. Amen. 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 Did not our hearts burn? God spoke to us. Amen. Amen. We thank God for Pastor Martin. I've been encouraged. You're wonderful. You're preaching just to me. Amen. You preach it just to me. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done